Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 430 for February 11th, 2020. Lots to talk about on this week's show. Major departures from both Rockstar Games and the Coalition, so that the futures of Grand Theft Auto and Gears of War are impacted. Uh, plus, Anthem getting a major overhaul. Activision going back to the well for some old favorites. Uh, Cliff Lazinski, the creator of Gears of War, has an idea that would have been really cool that he was just tweeting about recently. We'll talk about all that and more coming up on Podcast Unlocked. Podcast Unlocked. All right, what's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey back with you. We got the whole crew for hey. the first time in, in a little too long here. Destin Legary. Bam. Hey, everybody. Off Mike Bam. <laughs> I like that. This saves the eardrums of all the listeners. Trying to help him out. Brandon Tyrell. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> no, you can be, you can be oh, on Mike. Good morning, everyone. Be on Mike. Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Fresh back from Disneyland. Hey. Yep, back from Disneyland. I'm no longer sick. It's all just really great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting past my thing. Like but the, all. it is all, it's, it's very gross in this office in yeah. general right now because it's just going around yeah mm. it is use, not a good scene use your own mugs don't use the office <laughs> mugs That's, that was my mistake oh someone stole someone stole my gears of war mug what I can't find, yeah so who does that it just like disappeared and i've had it for years and i have it on the show every time Wait, it's you so you still haven't found it no it's been I've, like two weeks it's Can probably we? somebody in engineering and I've, I've it on their down desks, desks. i've done it's probably search. it's probably that guy that was just ate casey's ice cream Probably. <laughs> Can we fire whoever that is once we find out who it yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like a really that? special one that I got from the coalition. We yeah. like to do IGN they, first, and it's really special don't me. Know. But silver lining, <laughs> you have a new mug today. I do. It's it's this little bear. He's from this app was called it, Line. Was it taken off your know. desk or was it in the sink? <laughs> right. Like, re- I want to get well, down I, to the I, bottom so of this. That's, that's the problem is I don't remember if I left in the sink, which I almost never do. But right. I remember I went to go clean it and I was in a rush to get like leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if I left it there hmm. on accident. Which even then it should still pop back up, right? Yeah, of course. Like I check every. We have all these like mug stations, and I check <laughs> every single one every day. And I'm like, everyone, please keep an eye out for my <laughs> mug. It's very special to me, and I'm really mad about it. So you got to get Pablo to send out that company wide email. I think I'm. That's, that's the, the next, next step. step. Just get yeah. Dustin yeah. to do it. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's going to reappear on your desk. I've done the same thing, and uh, I have a mug from the day I was hired in like 2011 mm-hmm. that I've managed to hold on to, and I left it in the sink once, and I hunted it down, and I found it. And I'm like, hey, when you're done with that, can I get that back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I get your driver's license until you finish? <laughs> yeah. I cracked my knuckle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, nice tea, you guys. I love God. I have the perfect <laughs> yeah. mental image of you like threatening someone very imposingly over a coffee mug. <laughs> no. And they're worth it. Mugs are great. Mugs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Take care of your good mugs. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Last a lifetime. Welcome to Mugcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, lots to get to. I wanted to just quick programming note. Miranda will be show running next week. I'm going to be out on a top secret mission that I'm super excited about. I'll tell awesome. you about that Very later. Um, and then plugging, of course, the Doom Eternal IGN first, which Brian Malkowitz, James Duggan, myself, uh, and some other editors here have been working super hard on. God, that game's good. It's just really good. I watched the first 10 minutes again the other day. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about that game since... It's since all I want to do is you play did, it. You did. Since yeah. I got back from playing it, all I want to do is play it. I went back and started playing 2016 because yeah. I never actually finished it. I got almost all the way through. Right. But man, it's still real good. It's mm-hmm. it's good that you're doing that now because for yeah. Eternal has ruined 2016 yeah, for that's me. That's what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Uh, can't wait for that. It's going to be good. Only, uh, actually, what are we, what day is this? It's a little over a month ago. February, March 20th, I believe, is the release date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are T minus about a month to go. I know, Miranda, maybe you're going to be splitting time between Animal Crossing I've, and I'm schedule. I'm, I'm building it out. It's like, right, Animal Crossing in the morning and during commute and at lunch and then Doom Eternal at night. Yeah. You'll be like, that's <laughs> not cute. Time. When the sun goes down. <laughs> the demons Pretty come much. out. I just uh, picture you sitting there playing Animal Crossing and you're like, I just want to so rip and tear. Is, you go from like the cute latte time, like yeah. sweet like vibes and then at night just pour a glass of whiskey and <laughs> shoot some demons. It's great. Hey, that's a sound strategy. All right, we have got so much to talk about this week, so Let's start right now with Rockstar Games. This was an announcement that really, I know, like rocked the industry is like a hyperbolic thing to say, but Rockstar, kind of true. Uh, this is a big deal. I appreciate it. The one of the uh, the co-founder and uh, head writer Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar as of March 
20th. So, uh, excuse me, March 11th, not March. That's, that's Doom's release date. Yeah. Still got that on the brain. <laughs> See, I wasn't kidding earlier. That's all I think about now is, uh, is Doom. March 11th, Dan Hauser will be exiting Rockstar Games. There's a statement from Take Two. After an extended break beginning in the spring of 2019, Dan Hauser, vice president of creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company. His last day will be March 11th, 2020. We are extremely grateful for his contributions. Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful game worlds, a global community of passionate fans, and an incredibly talented team, which remains focused on current and future projects. Now, uh, in addition here, Hauser had already taken, as you heard there, an extended break, a.k.a. a sabbatical. Uh, at least that's that's my word. They didn't use it, but that's generally what those things are called. Uh, a sabbatical in no, uh, after the launch of Red Dead 2 in November of 2018. And in a statement to IGN, a Rockstar Games sale, uh, spokesperson said, quote, Sam Hauser's role, his brother, with Rockstar Games, which he founded in 1998, remains unchanged. Sam and the team remain focused on current and future projects. Mm-hmm. Well, what has he done, really? <laughs> just kidding that's a joke he has had major contributions to the the industry and especially a rock star it is sad to see him go do you guys think this is going to impact rock star at all or do you think they're going to be okay i don't think so i think they're a fairly well-oiled machine i yeah. feel like this is something that i mean hopefully they knew about a little bit ahead of time and that they're already planning for and i that company seems to they know what they're doing like mm. that team is such a solid team and every time i've talked to any of their developers on any of their teams they always seem very I mean, obviously not even just competent, but just like very set on what they're doing in, in such a good way. I mean, the nice part is the, the I, I know I've said this a million times about Rockstar on the show, but they are, they have uh, a ton of talent mm-hmm. and then they get unlimited time and unlimited, unlimited money, money effectively to make their stuff, which 99.9, if not 100% of, of other game development studios and teams don't get. Mm-hmm. You, know, you might get, you might get one of those three. The talent, the time, or the money—you might get, you might get two of them, but nobody gets three, uh, except for them. And uh, still, I, you know, uh, Rockstar is comprised of th- literally thousands of super talented people. But at the same point, losing a leader is is really tough. That can be mm-hmm. that can really change the culture. Sometimes good or bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been there have been uh, stories about negative stories about the culture at Rockstar and. Mm-hmm. Whether that can will be affected by this or change in any way, I don't know. But you know the 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 thing that is interesting to me uh, as far as the next game goes, which is almost certainly Grand Theft Auto Six, but won't we won't even hear about it mm-hmm. for a while, is Leslie Benzies, the creative director for years, had already left after GTA Five, and now we mm-hmm. so we did get a we did get Red Dead Two uh, without a Leslie Benzies, but. Now, no Dan Hauser and no Leslie Benzies. So, you know, this could be this is an opportunity for, I guess, some of the you know the younger talent and the the other developers to really step up and and bring in a bit of a new vision here. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, I, GTA is so near and dear to my heart that um, you know Red Dead turned out great, but GTA has got it's got to be good. It's it's such a great series. That's one of the few games where I just don't ever worry about it. I'm like, yeah, they're fine. They're that's, they're solid. That's the thing. It's you know, you hear a story like this, and you're like, it, it's fine. The ship will continue. It it'll write itself. If it's even wrong, which I doubt it is, they know what they're doing. Yeah. I'm sure six will be great. It'll break a billion records, and <laughs> everything will be fine. I'm not worried about six, but I bet the company is definitely going to feel this. I think internally they'll have to sort of reshuffle. Let some of those more junior people, you know go up the ranks so to speak and hopefully they find a new stable path forward mm. i think he definitely had a lot of value that was added to the company yeah i mean there's yeah. there's something to be said for the continuity that the senior leadership team had at yeah. rockstar uh, up until now you know it's because in sports you know the that that chemistry can really matter yeah, absolutely. right of, of having a, the same group of super talented people together where you just know what the other person's going to do before before they do it, and certainly before the other team knows it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and Rockstar has had that. You know, there's there's turnover in every industry, uh, certainly in video games. But the the Hauser brothers, Leslie Benzies, that's those three have kind of been the 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 head of of the serpent, really, 
uh, at Rockstar and and really uh, led the way for really like 20 years yeah. since three since GTA three. It's really been those three uh, people at the at the top of the the organization. So now two of the, those three are gone, and it's going to be interesting to see how just what GTA six even looks like. From you know, is it going to feel different? Is it going to you know, I mean, they always bring new ideas, and that's one reason that GTA, I love GTA so much, is because it really does reinvent itself mm-hmm. every time. It really does push things forward. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I know it's, it's going to almost sound like parody at this point. I'm mentioning Doom again, but just having just covered it a whole bunch, I mean, Doom 2016 is a great example of these the original revered creators, mm-hmm. John Carmack, John Romero, all these folks, were gone. And Doom was reinvented by a new generation of developers that were raised on and influenced by Doom rather than being the people that made Doom themselves. And they did a tremendous job. So I suppose that's, to an extent, the the situation that Rockstar is in now, Mm -hmm. where GTA will be led, at least in some reasonable part, by... (laughs) The people that came up on it rather yeah. than the original and, creators of it. And that's good because I think they probably see a few ways that maybe he had a blind spot on or just ways that they can innovate in interesting ways. The, the Grand Theft Auto franchise has always been, you know, great, especially since three, you know, one and two had the top down look and then three just kind of like ushered in this whole new era yeah. of oh, yeah. these open world games. And I, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's going to be that big of a departure. You don't think so? No, I mean, like, it's, there's one thing taking a beloved IP and then, like, 20 years later rebooting it for a whole new generation. Yeah. There's another thing f- to have a group of people led by consistency, like you were saying. Um, you know, that their personalities aren't, you know, Dan Hauser's personality is not gone from Rockstar. He's had mm-hmm. 20 years to work closely with his people. You know, you take a design director, you've got your senior designers and your designers and, and your, your philosophies and your personality and your approach to things is, is really, it emanates from you. And so over the course of years or decades in this case, you know, the core group that he's put in place, it's still going to carry on his traditions and all that and, and his way of thinking. There might be some changes, some different ways to handle things, some 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 different ways they're going to approach it. And, and the end result might look a little different, I think. But by and large, like this is – I think it – I really do feel like it's just going to be business as usual. It's I still mean, rock star. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh- Go ahead, Destin. Here's one thing about these guys. Early on in my career, a decade ago, a long time ago, I actually called to just clarify a quote. And they answered the phone. It was either Dan or Sam. Really? Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, <laughs> so, hi. Just go <laughs> yeah, for Dan. I was just looking, <laughs> looking for this quote. And uh, I mean, that says a lot to their accessibility at that time and how open they were with the community. And it's ten, probably been closed off. Yeah. Oh, 10, years yeah. Was, yeah. 10 years ago. 10 years ago was a different rock star world, table but, tennis, I want to say. He was very respectful. He answered the Let's question. Let's call him right now. He was, he, <laughs> I think even he was like kind of surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just kind of cool to be able to just have a conversation with them about a quote and they were very open and honest. That's crazy. It. How did you get this number? Who are you? I, mean, I, yeah. I suppose I'm not really... I don't really think the gameplay systems, mm-hmm. the gameplay flow will be affected. It's more a, a thing that I love about the GTA games specifically, obviously very different than Red Dead, is the the satirical tone. You know, it is mm-hmm. it is it's always been very, very smart about lampooning yeah. Yeah. societal trends, pop culture trends, and Dan as as the head writer uh, was a big big part of that. So I sort of wonder if if the tone or the sense of humor will change yeah, that's fair. substantially about, about GTA moving forward. Well, there was that whole conversation we had about like, could GTA five launch today, you know, but a year, oh, year ago, it was of course like it. more of a sense of time. Yeah, it would still, they that's, would still put it, it out. It would, it would still be fine, but they're probably going to adjust the lampooning and strategy in that respect. Uh, Comedy always evolves. That's, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's always what's funny. Yeah. There's always ways years to, ago, to do it right. Like, they, yeah. it's not that they can't, they're just going to, Right. Well, it's, they it's just it's nail it every tough. time. Yeah, they I nail mean, it every time. You walk a very fine line between being funny and and painting parodies and homage, and then snarky and kind of negative and disingenuous. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough to walk that balance. It's something I think that they've done well. I'd argue GTA is on the darker side of satire. Oh yeah, similar mm-hmm. to the ways that South Park is kind of on the darker side of satire. Um, 
but you bring up a great point. Like, what happens if Matt Stone left or Trey Parker? Oh left, God, right? That would be or, or you know, I don't even know who's in the writing room these days. But like, Bill Hader writes for South Park or has in the past. Yeah, and, and like, when those key members leave, like, I don't, I don't know if Bill Hader is a key member, but you know, if if Trey Parker had like, well, I I want to go make basketball too or something, uh, what would South Park look like after that? Would it? Or, or do they have the structure in place now where like that, that is a self-fulfilling machine, right? It's that is Parker a prophecy that are, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. they do have a team, but boy, it's, it's just not, it's, I, it's a hard example yeah, to, to, to paint, right? <laughs> yeah, but the show does go offline for like six months at times, you know, when they have gaps between seasons. So that's when they do their movie things for sure. But I, I, the point of it is like what happens. Okay. Take if they ga- Game of it. Thrones, right? Like D and D if one of the D's left. And this also might be a bad example. I was say you've got fans cheering out <laughs> this, there now. This might be a bad example because people have very strong feelings about about the show. I think it, the show was fantastic right up until the end. But um, what happens if one of the if one of those two left? Like, would the show look different? So you know, hopefully, when you're changing the DNA, <laughs> when you're changing the DNA of something, you you know, you wonder is it still going to retain that soul? Um, but I think because this is a video game, I think it, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, and I feel like they'll have people that were kind of training under them and that know that style, and yeah. it's not not even training, but just working just, under them. Yeah, yeah, just to know what that is and and their tone. And I guess a final point too: the fact that uh, that Dan was on a sabbatical, mm-hmm. they they were probably preparing. Yeah, we don't know the circumstances of it. Whether mm-hmm. we're going to give the benefit of the doubt and presume that this was a totally amicable, no, you know, no problem thing, whereas. With Le- yeah. Leslie Benzies, there ended up being a lawsuit after mm. <laughs> that was that that you know who knows maybe stuff will come out later. I hope not. I hope there's no, no issue yeah. to be had there. But you, you have to figure that once a sabbatical happened, that they may have even not even intentionally been preparing. Like maybe just in during that sabbatical, they figured out a bit of a new workflow. To okay, well, Dan's not here for the next nine months or whatever, six months, whatever it is. And so they may have already been uh, inadvertently prepared, training themselves yeah. on on uh, how to sort of adjust their their thing, their workflow moving forward. Side note: It seems like every time we hear about a, a sabbatical, which <laughs> never ends, they well. never come back. Yeah, people never come back to uh, sabbaticals because no. Well, Bungie, Bungie, the the guy over there, the Jason Jones. Yeah, he takes Jason, you're right. All Jason, the time. Jason comes back, but it generally every time I feel like. Every time I hear about one of these, they never come back because generally if you've gotten to a point where you can get a sabbatical, you're doing pretty well for yourself <laughs> yeah. and you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Those are the sort of two inherent the two criteria. Yeah. So you, you maybe you, t- you take time off and you go, well, I've got money in the bank up. I don't, I love being out of not working. This is great. I don't want to work anymore. And that's so. really, that's really what it is. <laughs> Video games in particular, but, oh, but, but in general, things are hard, right? And you do something long enough and you get good enough at it. Uh, at some point you're like, I feel burned. I need to take a break. And you take that break and then you realize that that spark that pulled you to it in the first place isn't really there anymore. And maybe you want to go try to do something else, right? Yeah. I think sabbaticals are important, but there is something to be said about the community aspect about working at a company, any company and mm-hmm. being part of a team. I think it's really powerful. And I think it's really important when you contribute to the best of your ability on a team. And that's why people come back from sabbaticals. That's probably why Jason comes back because he really yeah. believes in Bungie. That's why when people take a break, they come back because they're part of something bigger than them. Yeah. Yeah. I just like well the job said. too. So. Yeah, that too. I yeah. mean, if your job's miserable and your boss yells at you all the time, sure, you're not going to Now, as, come back. as a, what are you guys' final point on this? And we'll move on because we've got a lot to get to. Mm-hmm. What are the odds that you guys think Dan Hauser resurfaces in the games industry? Because you're talking about a person that was at. The peak of the mountain. Yeah, zero. <laughs> uh, and as the co-founder of Rockstar, which was, don't quote me on this, presumably acqui- either acquired by Take-Two Interactive at some point or or they just, anyway, he's in on the ground floor. Yeah. Of, he's got to have more than enough money. I mean, he's created multiple yeah. billion dollar franchises. So. You think he's? You think we will I, see him again in the game? I think he industry? pulls uh, Ray and Greg from Bioware and just never comes back. Yeah, I think, where do you go from the peak of Mount Everest, right? Like, you can go climb K2, you can go climb Kilimanjaro, you can do whatever you want, but why? Like, if he already had everything that 
I don't want to speak in generalities. Developers develop for different reasons. He was already like at the top of one of the, if not the biggest game studios in the world. And I imagine if you step away from that, you step away from that because there's more to life than just working and making video games. Yeah. Is he married? Does he have grandkids? Who knows? Those are his those, personal those details. Values. I don't, I don't know. But like if he wants to go, you know, drive a riverboat, I don't know. Like, Oh, more pa- more power to, to him. Adapt. Yeah. Yeah. If oh, I like, if I were him, I would knock back. <laughs> I'm done. I mean, I cannot imagine his situation because it's probably really nice. So yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, you don't really need to. Well, we'll see. I mean, we certainly wish the best to Dan and to everybody at Rockstar, and I will be eagerly awaiting the first look at Grand Theft Auto Six in about oh two to three years from now, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the way. Rockstar is structured. So. Can't wait to see those five screenshots. <laughs> hey, we'll, and we'll pour over everything. Yeah, I know we will. I know we That's will. That's our job. You remember when the screenshot of like the Santa Monica Beach mm-hmm. type environment came out? We were like, what does it mean? <laughs> uh, all right. Next story here. Another departure, and this one hits a little closer to home for Xbox fans. Miranda already with the deep sigh. Rod Ferguson, the studio head at The Coalition. Yeah. Uh, is uh, is also departing in March. Are these guys all just going away so they can play Ori and the Will of the Wisps? <laughs> Out March 11th. <laughs> uh, starting in March, Rod Ferguson says, I will join Blizzard to oversee the Diablo franchise. Leaving is bittersweet as I love our Gears family, the fans, and everyone at the Coalition and Xbox. Thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to work with you all. Miranda. i just like adore working with rod so i'm really sad to see him live because as you may know i don't care about blizzard games generally so that that just (laughs) this is a very personal thing for me so that means i don't get to work with rod as much anymore um but i'm not necessarily concerned about the coalition here i think they've set up a fantastic team they know what they're doing kind of the same thing with with rockstar like they they're good. They're set. And I feel like if Rod's leaving, it's because he knows that Gear 6 and the future of Gears is in, uh, is in really great hands. And like you can really tell how much that team just cares about what they're making. Um, so I'm sad because I think he's really great. I think he's a great leader. Um, and it seems like maybe Blizzard needs help with things. <laughs> and so he's going to go step in and help. Well, presumably, since he said uh, the oversee the Diablo franchise, it will be a Sort of a similar role that he had at the coalition, even though he's the studio head at the coalition. Mm-hmm. He's not the studio head at Blizzard, but yeah. right. he might be the sort of the studio head of franchise, Diablo. Franchise lead. Yeah. Or franchise uh, lead. Right. So, you know, which means obviously Diablo 4, but they've also got the Diablo Immortal reviled thus far Diablo Immortal project, the mobile game, which mm-hmm. so I suppose it'll be his job to sort of make sure that those two are kind of on the same page and. Immortal doesn't diverge maybe too far from the brand to what four is doing or vice versa and mm-hmm. helping probably manage the, the messaging on right. Immortal specifically. Yeah, especially and, now that Chris Metzen is gone, right? Metzen was like, that was World of Warcraft and Diablo were kind of his babies. Yeah. Um, and with him gone, and I'm not saying his, his departure has anything to do with sort of the state of Diablo, but there is kind of a negative outlook on the franchise. Um, which, mean, f- to be fair, four, four showed really well at BlizzCon. Four, four showed incredibly. And I think this is why they're, they're bringing, they've brought in talent from Xbox. They're bringing in, uh, Rod from, um, um, from Gear okay, Coalition. Mike, Mikey Barra, you, you Mikey Mike Barra, referring to, yeah. Mikey yeah. Barra from Xbox is now over there and, and Rod from the Coalition is now, is, is now leading up the Diablo Xbox franchise. Infiltrating Blizzard. What's <laughs> up? Yeah. Maybe I'll like getting Blizzard those, more soon. Getting those exclusives, <laughs> those Xbox exclusives. I really doubt that. But <laughs> I yeah. uh I, I think we're seeing these moves because a you know, Blizzard's at I don't know if this is the lowest it's ever been, but in, in recent memory, the company's it, reputation has been oh, better. I mean they've let's had say like, that. real big issues like as far as their esports stuff goes. Yeah. Overwatch is like this weird mess right now. It's like I don't want to I think it's that. totally fair to say what um, you just said. That, yeah, that Diablo's is, having some issues yeah. as far as like Diablo Mortal. Yeah. I just I, I'm not trying to ring, I'm point. not trying to ring the bell or doom no, and gloom or anything, but, but they're bringing in new talent but, because I really do feel like for Blizzard, this is the this is like stage one. This is the first step of a new direction for Blizzard. Right. right? They, they need that. They, they I think they do. I think they do. I think Rod's a great person to pick up for that. Mike Morheim had retired uh, That's right. what, a year or so, a year or two ago. Yeah, and I cannot remember his name, but they they have a new president now who's been with the company for 
Oh, J. Allen Moore, I believe. Is that it? If, don't quote me. Been with the company for a decade. Anyway, I love Diablo, probably one of my top five favorite franchises of all time. I just love that series. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see it kind of carried into a new generation. And, you know, if you have one person sort of sitting above, like looking at everything and making sure everything is consistent and there's symmetry in there, I think that is a really great place to be. And, and Rod's a good guy to do it. Yeah. He's done such a fantastic job with Gears. Mm-hmm. And you kind of look at Gears Pop and Gears Tactics and like them trying to fit this franchise into different spots and really make the most of that universe in like really great ways. And I think his mm-hmm. perspective on that will probably offer a lot to Diablo. Yeah, great point. If you look at Rod's history, you know, he really figured out what to do with the Gears of War franchise. Miranda, you've been loving the direction of the storytelling and, Me too. and how they've managed to craft that, and as we all have. He also figured out, he and the team, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah to be fair, it's not just Rod making these decisions here, of course. but, you know, he's leading that team and making sure that there's consistency. And he's, from all the times that I've worked with him, he's like very involved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he and the leadership. team. They they have you know steered the the Gears franchise into a new direction. They have Gears Tactics now, the mobile version of the game. And if you correlate that to what Blizzard's trying to do, pardon, it's a PC one and oh, the it's, mobile. It's is PC. Pop. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Bl- Blizzard and Diablo is trying to do the exact same thing. So his mm-hmm. skill set directly translates, and also with the Micah Barra departure. I mean, of course, like it's not too far fetched to think Mike Ibarra said, "Hey, we should talk to Rod about coming over." Oh, he you know what? I didn't actually thing. even think about that. Like that, making that correlate, it just seems obvious there, yeah. to me that. Oh man, it's you know, Rod. Know. Rod's been considering going on. They <laughs> probably know what they're doing with Gear Six or how to wrap up that story. And Rod's like, "Yeah, you know, I am ready for a new challenge yeah. to try out." And that's the thing is like people. Blizzard. And this might go back. Maybe we harken back to to Hauser here as well. But like people need new challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do something long enough, you get good enough at it. Stop feeling that like fire that drove yeah. you in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that because I, I've. You are you I leaving too? No, <laughs> uh, I don't know Rod like personally. I know him professionally over yeah. the years, but I kind of thought he was going to be a Gears lifer because he really made his name as a producer on Gears at Microsoft before. Then Epic hired him mm-hmm. yeah. to to produce Gears directly on the team. Uh, and then he went off and kind of became a fixer. At Irrational, was, yeah, with yeah, uh, it, he, he helped Infinite. bring he helped bring uh, Bioshock Infinite out of the clouds. Oh. So you're saying he wasn't going to leave? So he's effectively <laughs> going to be crying. Thank you. Going to be an immovable rock. Just not stone faced oh. over D and D jokes. <laughs> um, and then and one then, person will get that. And then came back to came back to gears when Microsoft acquired the IP and they they brought him in to run the whole thing. In fact, because. Doesn't Rod have a Gears tattoo? Hasn't he shown that yeah. before? Yes, but there's a long history of tattoos that don't mean anything. <laughs> well, I mean, Peter but Moore. it really means a lot to him. It doesn't right? mean you don't love it, but like, I'm you need not to change that. for something. It doesn't mean that you didn't, yeah, value your time. All right, well, Maybe I'm going to look forward to the Twitter picture hands. of the of the massive back tattoo of yeah. Diablo. Just, yeah. Just not even, that up, right? not even that, death that can save a... you from me. Only God forgives <laughs> thug life. That would yeah. be a... We're waiting, Rob. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, but I'm, I'm really Someone's curious. just going to Photoshop his head on Tupac's body and just be like, just, just <laughs> nothing but tats everywhere. Um, I'm really curious to see who they have lead the coalition next, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I kind of hope that they maybe get to pick within their team and I would, elevate someone from there who I hope you're right. the series. But yeah. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what a great question to pose. What? What? You're too far ahead. I know. We're, I figured that's a great segue <laughs> oh. for another news story. Uh, but yeah, no, I... Well, that blew up in my face. <laughs> I, but I, I love... I also, like you, Brandon, I, I love Diablo so much. It's not a competition. It, it means... Diablo 4 looks awesome. Yeah, it really does. Right, you love it more than me. It's fine. I, I, I think I do, but again, it's not a competition. <laughs> Did you play the original right? Diablo 1 beta? Ooh. Uh, Diablo 1 beta? Yeah, Ooh. Diablo 1 beta. Wow. And there, I'll, you know what? I'll take the hit on that. Okay. And, and, uh, and say I'm not that old. Did you pay $50 for a copy of the Diablo 2 beta when you didn't get chosen for it yourself? Yes, I did, Ryan. Okay, I did too. So we <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, we've got uh, points for Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we are perfectly positioned. To I debate. feel like this is less like how much you love Diablo and more like what year were you born? <laughs> well, there is that. Don't remind me. But anyway. I love I think I love hearing you guys talk about Diablo because I don't know a ton about it. I only had like some experience with three and I was just like, this isn't really for me, but I like seeing people get so excited about it because like okay. there's such a history franchise. So there's so. this guy named Mr. Diablo and he, ah. uh, really likes soul stones. 
go ahead. <laughs> Diablo 2 is probably anyway. a personal top five all-time game for me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's that's strong. Yeah. yeah. Always to the east. Uh, all right. I have to I have to dial up an Uber for my wife. So guys, carry on with the next segment. Well, I'll take the next one. It's all about <laughs> Anthem. Anthem yes. So Anthem, oh, uh, it's getting a major overhaul, which is actually a good thing. That Casey Hudson great. publicly acknowledged what we all sort of knew already. And that was asset B-roll. All right. And that was <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. I was so how the sausage is made today. Uh, that since launch, there has been critical feedback from fans saying Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and more fulfilling endgame. Over mm-hmm. the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards. Finishing the quote. While preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. So... I think Anthem definitely has something at its core. Yes. There is definitely something there, gameplay mechanic-wise. And I am glad that they're not totally giving up on it. All right. So it's like we centered on this side of the table for a second. Now we get to do this one. Uh, because I, <laughs> I also like it. Saw, no, you don't get to like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, just one. <laughs> just kidding. You can only pick one live service game. <laughs> um, that's not entirely wrong, but it's very hard to do multiple. So, she says with her Dota chain running out the door. Excuse you. It's not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so what I really liked about Anthem, like it did handle so well. I think there was a lot of really solid ideas there, but it felt like they made a game with two conflicting goals. Mm-hmm. They made a single player hub experience where it's like you can get all your story here, but also you're still in your party with your friends. So you can't really like invest in that as much but then we want you to go outside and go play with everybody and i hope that they find a better way to marry all of that and yeah. like get that progression in just a better way and i think fixing that core gameplay loop is going to be a challenge but i hope they can do it yeah they've actually made a lot of strides in game yeah. they have been updating it slowly i played about a month ago and okay. you can still farm for new currency now that allows you to unlock cool new weapons and get to like the max gear score so they have been slowly improving aspects of it there's still problems with uh, connectivity, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, delay and attacks from bosses where something hits you and it seems like it shouldn't have, where it's just not telegraphed well enough. And if they get the the core infrastructure problems down, I think Anthem would have been in a lot better place at launch. Yeah. And yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how they adjust it going forward. I, I think the reason people were so upset about it is because of those problems, they really wanted it to be good and they were really let down probably for the second time after Mass Effect Andromeda because mm. Andromeda was such a you know negative reception from the fans and EA is associated there. There's a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with EA that the community has with the, the loot boxes. There was a, a troubled Mass Effect Andromeda launch. And then again, Bioware runs into this, these technical issues with the Anthem launch. Yeah, that was and tough. And to your point, with the, the story conflicting with the open world aspect of it, it's great to see that Casey Hudson's back. He's calling these out front and center, and it seems like he's trying to figure out where they can go from here with the an- Anthem. Yeah, I was originally pretty concerned whenever they said that they kind of had their content plans still laid out and that they were going to follow through with it mm-hmm. um, because there were so many issues that needed to be fixed, and they're kind of trying to juggle both. And it's good to see that they're saying, hey, we we see this, and we are just going to focus now on making sure that this is a better game yeah. at its core, which is not impossible because you got some really good examples here of games that were games as a service that did kind of need to reinvent themselves to be a better service and just like a more exciting game to be in. Mm-hmm. Like, Anthem has such a great flight system. Like, yeah. I yeah. loved playing like the actual playing of it Mm -hmm. but it's just like the things to do when it weren't engaging enough you also don't really go anywhere it just seems like you fly around the open world but the open world is fairly sparse in terms of activities in free play you get your activities and such that you can do you can do the time trials now and such but it's just not i don't know it just feels lacking still Mm -hmm. and i don't know why it ends up feeling that way and when you're playing yeah i agree with all your points it's just not very it's not very (laughs) engaging Mm-hmm. Um, and it's too repetitive. You yes. just do the same thing all the time. Having said that, I feel like a disclaimer should be put out here. I did put like 150 hours into it mm-hmm. and I played the crap out of it and got all my javelins up and was grinding the raids or, uh, sorry, not the strongholds. raids, uh, mm-hmm. strongholds. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I was grinding strongholds and the problem is, is like, at some point, the diminishing returns basically go from like, Hey, this is a really awesome thing to, 
oh, okay. I mean, I already have one of these. That's fine too. I, why am I even doing this anymore? Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no real, it's not a gradient of value. It's, it's boom, boom, boom. It's like you start here, you, you hit these peaks really early on and then you just bottom out. Right. And, and there's not enough to do. And it's not all about the, the loot and motivation, right? I mean, a lot of it is, don't get me wrong. But it's also about I'm doing the exact same things that I have been doing. It's the same kind of problem I have with Sea of Thieves. Gameplay itself, the core gameplay is a very, very fun. You could play that game in a gray box and it would still be really, really fun to do. Um, and then you add the world and like the, the Avatar Pandora-esque kind of setting I really like. Eventually, it's just you've done it. And there's nothing really to keep you going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a common sentiment I've seen in response on my Twitter feed is, you know, it's, there's there's a mix, and I think it's totally understandable. Some people are, uh, a lot of people are just doubtful that it's going to be turned around. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And then you've got other people that are uh, upset because they spent sixty dollars on this game. Yeah, it's fair. And it's like at the, on the one hand, you could say, well, okay, they're all, they're try- going to try and make it right, but at the same point, they did pay their sixty dollars and got you know just got a not great game out of it. So I don't blame anybody for you know for for not wanting to support this and and walking away. Now, the question is is are these huge changes will they come at any cost to players or not? No, I, I can't imagine. imagine they will. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they could do that. I and, mean, and, they could, but I don't yeah, think... What, that would go over even worse. Oh, no Man's Sky you, Next. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, right? No Man's Sky Next is an example of like... But isn't that, wasn't that a free update, it, but then they re... If it was, if you had purchased yeah. it, okay. but they also repackaged it. So like... Because it came to Xbox at that point. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So, you know, they were able to resell it on the Xbox platform. So, Anthem's already on everything, though. Mm-hmm. I, I want to bring up a really uh, close... Uh, example of this as well that you're really versed in which is final fantasy 14 right yeah came out kind of flat that's the they, best case scenario then they, well, they nuked it then they did a realm reborn yeah mm-hmm. literally so, yeah just, they blew up the world like that's what happened in the lore okay of final yeah, fantasy it's a really 14. cool cutscene. okay but, is, yeah. but like outside i mean i probably will because i'm a sucker for <laughs> cutscenes. outside the lore and universe and world building how did that actually, what was the deployable for that? Like, how did it, how did it go? Like you installed the client or something, I imagine, and that was the game. And then suddenly you booted it up and it said Final Fantasy 14 Realm Reborn, or did you have to pay 60 bucks again? That was so long ago. I actually don't okay. remember. How so, I think they charged for it. The thing with Final Fantasy is also has a subscription. Right. Yeah. That's different. Okay. That is true Very as well. Yeah. You're paying to play. Yeah. Um, Which is why I don't play as much anymore because I can't consistently play and I don't want to pay for it if I'm not. If it's running down my time and I'm not there. Yeah. yeah. Well, then then let's take another example uh, that Destin can speak to. But that you really are the niche guy for this, aren't you? Which is Destiny, right? Yeah. The Loot 2.0 update was huge. Arguably, totally kind of revitalized that game. You could even say the same thing about Diablo 3, right? Oh, they, yeah. They went through and made a yep. huge uh, loot overhaul. Got rid of the auction well. house. Absolutely. Got rid of real money, which was <laughs> – thank you because – I have a problem with yeah, buying legendary Reaper weapons. Let's really just say a, that the turning point, I would say, for Diablo three, which, which was itself a paid. Absolutely, <laughs> a paid up- it was yeah. an expansion as well. But I yeah. believe the loot two update came out before Reaper. They made the, they dropped. Right. Wow, does this too? They drop huge patches prior to an expansion to get the world ready for it. Yeah, fix a lot of the issues that might have happened in the previous expansion. So I imagine we're going to see the same playbook. Uh, Bioware and EA less degree. Bioware. Kind of, I imagine once their their good reputation back, and they des- I think they deserve it. Like from their pedigree, you could you could say, well, what have you done for me lately? But I look back on series like, you know, Knights, what Kotor, well, and Dragon. Hey, hold here's on, the thing. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Hold on, Miranda. that's the whole saying, and he, that's how players yeah. feel. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. I always feel bad whenever we talk about Andromeda because people will say, it was such a bad game. It's like, it wasn't bad. The thing is... It was it, a bad Mass Effect game. So it's, the problem is that it's a Mass Effect game and that, yeah. that series is held to such an incredible standard. And like rightfully so. It was like sure. a fantastic trilogy. And Andromeda came out and there were ideas there that were really good. Mm-hmm. And like I had such a good time with that game. It wasn't perfect, far from the original trilogy, but it was still a good time. And there were things that were there that you saw that maybe weren't executed all the way through um like you could definitely see where there is a shift in development and mm. something changed that they had to kind of do different different things um 
and and so it, it kind of I understand the frustration with that or the disappointment with that, but it feels bad because it's like it wasn't it wasn't awful. I mean, if you think it's awful, it's fine. It's your opinion. Yeah. But then Andromeda came out, and I think that was definitely definitely a disappointment. You mean Andromeda, Anthem. Anthem. Yeah. Both days. When you go um, when you yeah. go from yeah. some of the most compelling character versus character moments mm-hmm. in gaming storytelling period, yeah. and then you launch Andromeda, where the facial animations are bad, and you just can't get versed in what's happening with those characters as well as you did with an older game. I think that's the core of what the problem was with Andromeda. Yeah. It just well, didn't look as good as an move, older product. It didn't product. move it forward. It was moving. Uh, it was moving. Right. That's how it felt. I mean, that's, that was always the concern for me when they're talking about Andromeda. It was like, how can you realistically revisit this franchise and do it as well and like make it as meaningful without mm. like tons of time? And I mean, there's obviously a lot of writing about where that project went and how it was kind of a little chaotic. I mean, the story started so strong too. You know, yeah, you really felt like they were going to hit the tone, but exactly. then they just didn't. Everything we did for preview, it's like, this is what you're going for and this is what you're doing. And like, there are really great characters in there and things that happened. But then you can kind of see again, like I was saying, it's like development pivoted somehow and then things got rushed and like that structure they had was no longer there. It mm. was a lot different, still like a good game, but not, if like if you're really looking for that Mass Effect experience exa- again, it's not going to be exactly that. And yeah. again, like I said, I understand if you're disappointed, but looking at as a game, just like critically, I don't think it's like terrible. I want to play through yeah, it again. I can't yeah, I don't, help yeah. but wonder I too. What, I mean, I, I again, I don't know exactly how these things happen. I haven't worked in game mm-hmm. development, but I have to imagine that <clears throat> there was a discussion, a high level discussion, probably with Casey and. Maybe some leads at Bioware, Casey maybe Gamble, some Dara. some people with uh, higher up at EA of whether or not to just pull the plug on the whole thing and just sunset the whole thing and move on to something else. Because, Anthem, yeah, Anthem. Because oh, you mean post-launch? Like you know now? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because you're well, talking about uh, you're talking about they are this this total overhaul that they're going to do. It's going to you're t- you're suggesting they've been working on it for a year already. But you're suggesting that it's not going to cost players anything, which I agree it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to cost a lot of money for them to do this in in the time and development talent it's going to take to do this. So you know there had to be I, I would imagine a, dis- a, a discussion at the at, very, at the very least where they went, all right, well do we take that money and spend it on this game and try to you know, look long term and and revive this thing and and you know find the 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 essence of the goodness in it. Or do we cut bait and move on with Mass Effect Four or something else? No. And they, have, they have chosen. Dra- to, yeah, yeah. Dragon Age is still in pre production. Yeah, that's right? still going right now. Still well, Dragon Age is pretty far along at this point. I don't think so. That's not somewhere yeah. somewhere in development. <laughs> yeah, not pre. But obviously, I mean, it's a moot I mean, point because they have they have chosen to continue with Anthem. But Mark Dar is right. on. You know, Dragon Age full Mark time Dora's now. On Dragon He's Age. moved on from yeah. from uh, the Anthem like, series. To be pretty frank, like if they were to charge for an Anthem overhaul, I would not pay that. Right, like that's not a thing. I would that wouldn't send the right. Do. And I think yeah. they, I think they know that. Like, yeah, there, look, there, are, there are a million PowerPoint presentations that already exist delving into this exact topic mm-hmm. between EA and Bioware. They're not dumb. They understand business. They understand that uh, a. Healthy game as service in the long run is going to be more profitable than both financially and in goodwill and reputation than just cutting this and letting Anthem yeah. be the black mark that might yeah. forever stain and, the studio. And you guys and are right. If they can successfully turn the ship around, there are community-specific uh, examples of, of the community tur- turning back towards it for, for the good. Yeah. yeah. No Man's Sky, The Division. Yeah. Uh, Division so, was huge. Yeah, yeah. Like you've seen communities go from completely souring on a game to the 180 of mm-hmm. this is great. You guys put in a ton of work. It's really good now. We love this game. So it can be done. Yeah. And I, hopefully it will be done. I hope so. I, I tend to try to be optimistic about these things, but I'm pretty skeptical. That's mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. Uh, all right. A couple more stories to get through here. Activision. Going back to the well a few more times, actually several more times in 2020. And uh, we're already in February, so we'll see what they've got cooking here before too long. Uh, during the their Q4 2019 investor call, Activision Blizzard CFO uh, Dennis Durkin revealed that in addition to 
new games and IP, so they'll have new games and apparently new IP. Activision will, quote, continue to tap into our portfolio of beloved IP to bring several remastered and reimagined experiences to our players in 2020, which we'll announce closer to launch. So, what are those re- remastered or reimagined? Call of Duty. I mean, look, you joke, <laughs> you joke, but Modern Warfare, I believe, sold very well. So, yeah, you know, it's I, the number one game like look, franchise ever. I believe we're going to see Black Ops One remaster at some point, mm. which is great because I think uh, it's my favorite COD I, of all I time. Right? That. Yeah, I. God. Uh, I, I think we're going to see that. They own Look, Crash, right? And Crash has been a huge success for them. Mm-hmm. Well, they've already started, right? Mm-hmm. You you have a lot of those. Is it a remaster or a reimagining? Or they made new assets, for, mm-hmm. and, they, and they brought Crash back. So I believe they also did it with Spyro. Yeah, both of those were very well done and very well received, and they both sold very well, too. So what are, so yeah, I they guess. They weren't just cash, like quick and dirty consumer mm-hmm. uh, unfriendly cash grabs. They yep. were very good packages you have tony hawk on this list they actually did that on the 360 oh, we, we have a list yeah well, sort of, i'm just well, well he, I he threw had a couple an of ideas yeah yeah i mean i think if you're trying to think about what would make sense to go back to the well on uh, again for a remastered uh, maybe a new thing but i like mm. like tony hawk pro skate tony hawk's pro skater like i think two is the most two. beloved yeah. one right i put like, that m- maybe That'd yeah so maybe you bring maybe you remaster that for probably cross-gen mm. Mm-hmm. Series X, Xbox One. I think it'd be I could, smart. You could see Pro, Pro, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Hasn't there been, like, every once in a while there's a new story about Tony Hawk wants to make a new skate game or something like that, right? But it comes up in the news it fairly regularly, right? Time. Mm. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, having said that. I think the last Tony Hawk was not great. What, it came out in 13? Oh, yeah. Boy, I can't even remember the name of it now. That's how. Yeah. That's how quickly it came and went wasn't great there were the two there were the two that were made with the board peripheral no that's there was one more after that though it it was just a straight up like control stick skate game okay um Hmm. and i can't remember the name of it i don't know someone someone will let us know i'm trying to look up what franchises they own right now oh i went through this already believe me it's not a lot it's not a lot it's not a lot and so skylander you guys you guys were joking sort of but you guys were mentioning black ops one yeah which I think is totally a candidate. Um, but I'll float something else out because, again, you look at the term reimagined. Mod- the Modern Warfare reboot from last year could classify as that. Mm. Yeah, it was it was a, a re- reimagining. It's exactly a reimagining. That. So what yeah. I'm suggesting is uh, we know from the, Dr- the Jason Schreier report from late last year that uh, plans changed. You know, Sledgehammer got, you know, kind of pulled away from the 2020 Call of Duty, and that Treyarch is that is prepping Black Ops 5 mm. for this year with a campaign with multiplayer. I wonder if it's possible, the fact that they just, they've said this, and that they just successfully, you know, soft-rebooted Modern Warfare, might they do, go ahead and just do the same this year with Black Ops, and maybe it's just going to be Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. That- so it's not a reboot, but, you know, it's a new game, but just kind of, resetting the the characters and the, the narrative and everything like i could see it i, I hadn't thought about it sort from of that st- starting over rather than going to a five the perspective i was looking at it from New console generation yeah. to kind of a good time for it maybe if Perspe- you're gonna do it perspective i was looking at it from was sort of capcom's approach to remasters and reimaginings where mm. they did that for two or three years as sort of a stopgap measure while they created new ip mm. then they dropped monster hunter world then they dropped resident evil 2 remake then and yeah it's a remake but again it is very much a yeah. new game yeah um so I was looking at it as Activision's way to sort of uh, fill in the blocks of a fiscal calendar mm-hmm. while they wait for development on these new things. Having said that, Activision doesn't have a whole lot of studios, no, that they can they can lean on for this kind of thing. So, yeah, what you what you just brought up is like, hey, this is the first step of letting everyone know that the next Call of Duty, the next Black Ops, is going to be Black Ops One again. Like, this is a sneaky, sneaky take the temperature PR kind of thing maybe so i mean we'll see. that said if the the highly viable possibility of of black ops one mm-hmm. from 2011 being remastered i mean that that That's could gone. be that would they've got raven to do that because mm. raven did the yeah. the 
Call of Duty 4 remaster yes. that was bundled in with whichever, I don't know, whatever game a couple of years ago. With Infinite Warfare, I think. I forget. Exactly anyway, it does. It yeah, they're all blurring so, together. I haven't but, played a couple. But yeah, you, they, so, so there are a few options on the table here mm. of um, what these could be. Um, just, and, sorry, Miranda. Sorry, have any of you guys dropped into Blackout lately? Blackout? Oh, yeah. the uh, Battle Royale? Mm-hmm. No. I was going say, Brandon's like, wait, you mean like um, uh, with alcohol? Because <laughs> no. yeah, maybe. Yeah, I back lately, you know? No. It's the casual thing you do. I'm just kind of curious to see if they'll, if they'll do anything with that, if they'll keep it going because it is Black Ops and it's in that universe, right. or if they're just going to just dump it and just let it keep falling by the wayside. So w- they just haven't updated it or anything? I mean, I think th- I've seen them doing stuff with it. I don't hear anyone talk about it. It's that been anymore. a bit, but I do hear people, hear people bring it up every now and then. I personally just haven't done the research of like seeing what the temperature is on that lately. Um, I know people still really like it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's tough. It's, it's up t- there. It's a contender. People are still playing. It. Yeah, it's still I'm up just, on Twitch. I'm so. just curious if yeah. that's a thing that they would try to include in the next Black Ops. Is like Because I was thinking, are they going to do that with... Modern Warfare, they're going to have like mm. some way to persist that game because games as a service have to live on with that, right? And they didn't really do that. They're like, well, if you like this, you have to go back to the old game. And so yeah, this I'm, is, I'm still curious to see if they're just kind of dumping that. This is the conversation that we had as soon as it came out. Yep. It's, what are they going to do with this thing? Are they going to make Blackout 2 the next time the cycle comes, three years from now, the next right. time the call of Duty Turns out it's two years. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's a good well, question. Oh, we'll see. Well, one of their partnerships with High Moon Studios, High Moon actually has a few interesting IPs like the Transformers franchise. I don't know if they were for Cybertron and stuff. I feel like I've Beanox did a lot they, of the Spider-Man games. They might not have the license to Transformers anymore. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, they don't own that. It's, so. it's interesting. When you start diving into what Activision actually has, a lot of it's partnerships in the publishing mm-hmm. arm, right? Yep. So like uh, Sekiro, we know. Over the last year, very popular. Mm-hmm. That one ended up coming up. But when you start looking at remasters, I start thinking Transformers, you know, the early properties that High Moon worked on. And I, I think there's more if I were to dig into it further, but I would have to, you know, do a little bit more research. Yeah. It, it is interesting, and I would love to see what those old IPs are. Well, I'm going to be a guitar hero. We'll probably, we'll probably <laughs> find out at least most of them. If there are several, okay, that means four. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably learn at least two or three of them. Around E3 time yeah. on uh, somebody's stage, Microsoft's or whenever Sony does something. It's probably something so <laughs> obvious. E3. We're just going to facepalm when we see it. Quite possibly. Yeah. Ninja Turtles Someone's out of the shadow. No. Two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quick, final story. Just wanted to mention this one because this is interesting for Xbox fans. Gears of War's creator, Cliff Blazinski, uh, just dropped a random tweet this week about kind of one that got away. This sounds like it could have been really good. He said, fun fact, before uh, Boss uh, Boss Kill Productions shut down, we Keep. were in... Thank you, Boss Key Productions. Boss Kill would have been cool, too. I like them both. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Cliff. Uh, we were in talks to do a new game in the Aliens franchise with Fox. Then Disney bought them, and that got lost in the shuffle. Ripley would have been alive and be your Cortana slash Anya. You'd play as grown Newt on Earth... Wayland Yutani are weaponizing the aliens in a Black Mesa-style facility, and of course, all hell breaks loose. Your robotic pal, i.e. Bishop, a new one named Casey, after her doll in Aliens. That could have been a really, really good video game. Yeah, it could have been. It's. I think it's really tough to adapt, like, beloved uh, source material. I'm not saying that... Uh, Cliff couldn't have done it. I think he's there, that team, and he's totally capable of it. But yeah. man, taking like one of the most beloved sci fi horror movies of all time and making a video game out of it, just the scrutiny that it would be under. Well, who knows? Especially coming off gear, Gearbox's Colonial <laughs> Marines. <laughs> like that, oh man, that is such a hill to climb. Well, mm. hey, you know what? Uh, it's, it's sometimes it's good to just. Have a low bar set that you can easily <laughs> vault right over the top of. It's fair, but it also invites like a lot of comparison. It's like if you, you know, if you come into a new job after replacing somebody that was canned for just being horrible, just yeah. being completely inept, and you come in and you look like a, a, a god. <laughs> hey, you're, like, you're, wow, you're, you're amazing. You're wearing pants. You're actually you step in the right direction. You, you did know? your work well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, that'll wrap it up news-wise. I'm going to skip loot box for this week because we are about out of time. We've got to make way for the next video shoot and respect the, the audience's time as well. So I do, however, with all of us here, 
want to do the Unlock Block trivia question, Ooh. which comes to us from Foy Fuller from Huntsville, Alabama, gamertag Guardian Fail. Is that, is that your alt account? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guardians Fail. Uh, no. Uh, Foy writes in and asks a Battlefront 2 question, but OG Battlefront 2. Oh, man. Sorry, Miranda, in advance. You know, I'll do my uh, best. Take a shot here. <laughs> The original Battlefront 2 from 2005 for the original Xbox had only one DLC that was exclusive to Xbox. It included new maps and two new Clone Wars-era heroes, Kit Fisto and Asajj Ventress. In Battlefront 2, what was unique about Asajj Ventress's lightsabers? So you have to know your Battlefront history here. Were the blades jagged? Was it that the lightsabers were connected like nunchucks? Was it that the hilts of the two sabers could be combined to make a single double-bladed lightsaber, or were it, was it that the blades were black? So they're black lightsabers. Do you know this, Dustin? I might. I feel like you know it. I don't, but Get I, the th- scoring I'm, I have a decent guess. This is the problem is I always take a guess based on my, my, my hunch, and then I, f- I feel like I give away too much information. You've each got a point. I, I don't know it, Brandon. You don't know. All right. I, I have it down. I'm going to guess Miranda. between. Here we go. Miranda's way first. Do you know it? No. Um, I guess I will guess first. Uh, 2005. I'm going to say I'm, I'm between. Yes. I'm between mm-hmm. two. I'm between A or C. Okay. Um, was was this released after the, th- the third in the prequel trilogy? Uh, I mean, this I is guess, when the cartoon. Yeah, it would have been right yeah. because '99 yeah. was Phantom Menace, and so yeah. then was it? Was it, were they every? They were every year after, or no? They were. It was 2002 for Attack of the Clones. So I think I don't know. Yeah, maybe this is a dumb guess, but I'm gonna go with A. Okay, going with Jagged Blades, which is it's like a weird idea, but I mean okay. it could happen. Brandon Tyrell. Yeah, I feel like way. yeah, that's something that someone that's designed so and, and, and drew like in at one DLC. point. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, look, they're evil. They look cool. Um, well, they're heroes. I, I don't think Asaz Ventress is. That's what this says. Clone era. Heroes. Well, here, here they're hero units. They're like oh, yeah, you could yeah, play as true. Vader and Yoda and or. That's I true. Um, God, it's been a while. Yes, Definitely. you must. I think Asaj Ventress was. I believe she was a villain, and so I want to say the blades were black. All right, because I feel okay. like she would be rocking the dark saber. Um. Okay. For no other reason than I do. Kit Fair Fisto enough. does sound like a nice person. So I, I think Kit Fisto's a good guy. Good guy, probably. Destin. Yeah, I, I don't think they would have been able to get away with making the blades jagged. Um, maybe like pulsing sort of like Kylo's is, mm-hmm. but like with with how controlling they were about stuff within the Star Lucas, Wars realm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I feel like anything could happen in 2005. <laughs> Absolutely. I just yeah. knew it was, it was the not. West. It's yeah. probably not B. <laughs> the, the, the nunchuck thing just... Yeah. I mean, if that's the answer, I'll be very surprised. Oh. Yeah. So I'm guessing I'm in C or D also, right? Like the blades were black. That seems really like a thing that they could do, but I'll go with C. I think the, the sabers could be combined to make a single double bladed lightsaber. See, I felt like I, that might be too advanced. I thought about, I thought about that, well, but thing. then they, I thought this was post prequel. So why wouldn't they just give that to Darth Maul mm-hmm. as a hero character? And then I thought, well, if you're reaching into some of these secondary characters like Kit and Asajj, mm-hmm. you're reaching into the EU, which means maybe they'll be reaching and, and like find the dark saber and be like, that could be a cool element for her. Yeah. Asajj Ventress yeah. before too. So yeah, I feel bad. Like, she's I don't like a night sister or something. Black. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody got it. All right. right. Uh, no, it was, the, it was the nunchuck. The what? nunchuck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! You just I can't you just picture. let us go. You yeah, just let us picture was, how that would work. It was fun just watching you guys dig the hole. Yeah, I was like, like wow, that's a lot of rope. That's blade? a lot of rope. Maybe. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but they could do it. You could. They've done it. It yeah. happened. Okay, I I did have the character right at least. She's the character from the cartoon, Is right? she, and she has a lightsaber. Yeah, that's okay, split. Yeah, that's all. That I'm not crazy. I've heard it before. Yeah. Okay, uh, Foy, like, good job stumping everybody. If you out there, if you've got an Xbox trivia question that you want to try and stump the panel with, please send it in to unlocked at ign.com. Need four multiple choice answers. Please note the correct one in your email. And with that, we must be off. Uh, I leave week. you in good hands next week. I will report back when I return. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I implore you to check out our Doom Eternal IGN First coverage. It was really fun. Do check out more. We've got more all month long. 
Miranda? Yes, I'm looking at black lightsabers now. I have to look who it up, too. It's called the dark saber. I've seen it. Because yeah. I've seen it. Because, yeah, it's like, I know it, but I don't remember who has it. Anyway, oh, um, right a- now I am doing a lot oh. of project management oh, and other fun things. Oh, what the heck? That makes sense, actually. Look I think at it's the sped That looks like it's Goldeneye in third person. Yeah. It's very, those are so very her long hilts, blades Her hilts are much longer. That's how they made yeah. it Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. You can find me at Havoc Rose and Havoc with a K on Twitter, Instagram, all those places I'm working out. Someone asked me actually, which is really nice. Um, I mentioned that I was going to start doing like kind of introduction Twitch streams for Dota, uh, with my, my little sister. I have not set the schedule yet cause I've been traveling and such. So that will be out soon, hopefully. So just stay tuned. Sounds good. Brandon. Hey, uh, Brandon, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell, <clears throat> just my name. Uh, I don't know. The last week was a blur, so I got some previews up or something. Just <laughs> check out IGN.com. I hear that. Destin, take us home. Hey, working on some stuff for IGN internally. Very excited about some of the new products that we're making, we'll call them. And just keep an eye on IGN for those. Sounds good. All right, my friends. We will see you back here next week. Next week.